1: They could have won both games twenty to nothing.
0: I guess you're right, dude. But in terms of the Sharks coming back home, dude, being up two nothing, I know, I know, it's a familiar spot for Sharks fans to be in. Some people are feeling the pressure. Some people are saying this is exactly what they didn't want to see happen. I'm saying, are you crazy? Of course, we want to win the first two games. <laughs>
1: of course, we do.
0: Oh, it'd be better. It'd be better if they didn't. If they weren't in the exact same situation. That's We're insane.
1: Wrong. I think you want to win all the games you play. That, that, call me crazy. You want to go
0: sixteen and zero. You want to go sixteen and zero, dude. That's what you want to do when you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And of course, the Sharks want to win the first two games. Of course, they want to win both games on the road, and that's exactly what they did in fairly convincing fashion, dude. Um, and when you watch the games, uh, you can see. That the Sharks were playing with a lot of intensity, a lot of energy, um, and they did so many things right. When you step back and kind of look at the games, dude, and you say, what's the difference been? It, I'll ask you this. The Sharks have, are losing the face-off battle. They're losing the possession battle. They're losing the PK battle. And they're losing the power play battle. <laughs> so how are they up 2 nothing, dude? Five on five you're right they have outscored the Kings four to one five on five which you know I think when we talked about previewing this series we thought that the the teams the special teams for both these teams might kind of cancel each other out and here we are the Sharks beating one of the best possession teams if not the best possession team in hockey at their own game yeah
1: the bet the best possession team in hockey yeah. And a lot of those possession differentials, you know, I was looking at. They make a little chart that shows like directed shots towards the net, you know, as time goes along in the game. You know, it's sort of like a chart that goes from the lower left to the upper right. And, you know, every time there's a shot, it jumps up for one team and then a different line jumps up if they get a shot. And you see it diverge like crazy in last night's game, but it diverged after the Sharks were up to nothing. Right. Right. So the Sharks were sort of doing pretty well or even leading uh the the battle at that time and then the kings take over and then the kings throw like a thousand shots towards the net in the third period because as a lot of people have found out you know when it's even score you know when it's tied then that seems to be a better indicator teams that are down will direct more shots towards the net they'll play more aggressively they'll take more chances because they have to score to remain in the game and that's what, exactly what the kings did especially last night. I mean, it really the the chart like completely diverges and the Kings just like shoot up like crazy like a rocket ship and the Sharks just slowly go up because they're trying to withstand this onslaught by the Kings. Right. And, and I think made me very nervous. You know, I mean, there were times of especially game 1 there was a period like late in the oh game my gosh. where it was like it, you know that like that pregame drill that they do with the goalies. Like after they shoot on the goalie, like they have the puck around the net, and like all the sharks are standing around the goalie, and they're all trying to pound it in, and the goalies trying to stop them. And eventually, they all they pound it in, and then all the players go and skate towards center ice. Like that's that's what it felt like. It's like all the Kings were standing around the net just trying to pound it in.
0: Well, you mentioned the goalie, student, and, and the goalies has been that's been a major tilt towards the Sharks in game one and two. When you look at how they're playing, you look at the save percentages. Again, Jonathan Quick struggling this year against the Sharks. He's having a hard time. Dude, his save percentage is 870. Martin Jones' save percentage the first two games is 922. Right. I mean, Jones is outplaying Jonathan Quick. And, you know, that's not just uh, for these two games. It's been all season. Quick has really struggled against the Sharks. And you just got to hope that that continues.
1: Yeah. Yeah, game three tomorrow night at home. You know, the sharks. Do they have the worst? They have the worst home record of any playoff team, I believe. They do. You know, so dude, let me let me take let me take your temperature on this one because I think someone tweeted at us: Are we going to be all unicorns and rainbows? That's what I tweeted earlier when I announced that we're recording tonight. Are we unicorns and rainbows, dude? The sharks are up two nothing to the best possession team in hockey. Some people. Uh, even as the playoffs begun, said the Kings might be their dark horse favorite to win the whole thing. Um, how are you feeling, dude? Are you feeling high on a cloud, or are you feeling more grounded?
0: Well, I think we know better, dude. I think we know better. We know the Stanley Cup playoffs is a long haul, dude. We certainly uh, learned a extremely gut-wrenching lesson two years ago. When we were up 3 nothing, and the Kings stormed back and won that series in, you know, probably the most painful sporting event uh, in, Ever. in our lives, you know, for us. Uh, but um, I'm really pleased with how the Sharks have played. I'm very pleased. And um, do I think they're going to sweep the series? No. I, I think it, uh, that would be... An unreasonable expectation. But I don't what, know what else we could ask from them at this point based on how they played. The, the, and the thing that makes me feel more confident is that the Kings have some injury problems. Right. And could that go the other way? I mean, if the Sharks got a key injury, that could swing the series entirely the other way. But no Alec Martinez, that hurts them in a big way right and the sharks are taking advantage of it
1: yeah i agree i agree and and dude i think i may be even less uh optimistic than you i sort of jokingly said the sharks are up to nothing in the series i give the sharks a roughly 55 percent chance to win the series <laughs> <laughs> i say that half jokingly if the sharks win game three i'll say maybe they have a 60 percent chance to win the series you know, you know how they say like, you know, nothing happens in a series until you win a game on the road. Well, for the Sharks, nothing happens until they win a game at home. They have to win a game at home. Yeah. Yeah. If if Absolutely. they go if they go down and it goes 2-2 back to LA, I'm going to be very upset because yeah. I, you know, you have to think the the Kings are not only the favorite to win the series, which they certainly were by Vegas odds and everybody else before the series began, but you have to think If the Sharks can't win a game at home, they're even in worse shape if
0: it's 2-2. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I think that tomorrow night is continuing to be a show me situation for Sharks fans. But the the thing that I feel is a little different, dude, is I feel like the Sharks are playing like a little bit show me to themselves. And you know, just seeing how how they're playing. And their reaction after winning both those games, I mean, it seemed to be very calculated. They're not celebrating yet. Um, and I you gotta know this is this that must have it's gotta haunt the core of this team two years ago. They have not forgotten this. Right. And this is their chance for major redemption. And you just hope that if they can get out of this series that this isn't the win for them right right that, that they matters. could be in it for the long haul that this just wouldn't be enough for them to be like oh well we got rid of that ghost in our locker like uh that they could find a way to to make a longer run but uh, i feel optimistic dude like i i really i expect them to win one of these next two games and then that puts them in the definite driver's seat the Sharks best players are outplaying the Kings best players. And yes. you know, Pabs is a plus four, Tafoli's a minus three, Burns is a plus three, Dowdy's a minus three. Right. You know, they're getting used. Yeah. They're getting used by the Sharks best players. Yeah. And, and that's a that's a
1: really good sign.
0: And that's a good sign. And Joe Thornton just I mean, Joe Thornton looks like all business, dude. That beard is all freaking business. <laughs> that
1: beard. That beard is epic. That, is epic. that
0: is beard is happening, and you know, and I think another thing that's a good sign, dude, if we're, if, if we're looking at positives and if we're looking at unicorns, dude, is when I mean, the Sharks, when they went down three two in game one, when Trevor Lewis scored that shorty after Burns made that horrible decision to go down to try and block that shot, the Sharks could have easily been like, ah, damn it, yeah, and lost that game, right? And they came back and scored like seconds later
1: yes yeah i was gonna say the same thing and the same thing happened early in game one you know that the, the storyline was can the sharks get redemption from the blah 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 you know this whole thing and it's just like it was like i was just getting so tired of it and then game one starts and the kings score like three minutes in and you're like oh god jeez. and then yeah. pav scores two minutes later and ties the game and yeah. i thought that showed a ton of heart from the sharks i mean that was one of those things that that could have set the whole tone of not only the game but the series. It's like the Kings are gonna come out. Obviously they were hitting everybody. They're trying to use and abuse the Sharks, you know, in a physical way. You know, they're out hitting the Sharks by a pretty significant margin and that's clearly their game plan is to go Milan Lucic on everybody. And right. that, and that's fine. And they did that and then they score and it's like, ugh. You know, and you could there could have been a major deflation at that point. But the Sharks they showed I, in my opinion, a lot of heart. in that at that point, as you said, after the Trevor Lewis goal, which was pretty dispiriting, and then they came back and scored right away to tie it. So the the Sharks had an answer for everything the Kings had in Game One, and in Game Two was completely different, right? The Sharks came out and sort of slowly built a two nothing lead, and then basically had to weather the storm late. Which you know I think all all Sharks fans needed a diaper at the end of that game. I certainly did. Uh, that was extreme, <laughs> extremely scary. To see them just shooting, you know, so much and having the puck for so long in the third period. And I'm sure the Sharks would not like to repeat that particular performance.
0: Yeah, I I did not sit down (laughs) for the most of that period, dude. But I think, you know, and I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but the Sharks are just straight up dominant after winning, after, after leading after two periods. I mean, they're just straight up dominant this year. And I think it would be good research to go back and look two years ago. I'm sure that was not the case. Certainly last year, not the case. Like we always feel like the sharks kind of give up the lead late and put themselves in a really vulnerable position. This year's team does not do that. Mm -hmm. They don't do that. So I think while it might be frightening, there's a track record this year that is on their side in terms of this DeBoer coach team. They know how to close out games. And I think it's hard for us to accept that because we're used to them blowing it. That's true. In Sharks history. But this team doesn't do that. And that bodes well, dude. I want to be realistic here for a second, dude. I want a real answer here. How important is it for them to win tomorrow? Is it how, I know it's a long series, but if they don't win tomorrow night for Sharks fans, is that going to be devastating to the tank?
1: Uh, no, I, I don't, I don't believe so. Obviously it will certainly recall the memories, right? Of two years ago. Um, like I said earlier, I think Sharks fans might turn, uh, viciously against the Sharks if they lose games three and four. If it goes two two, I could see it getting nasty. Um, and as opposed to you saying you're optimistic, I'm going to be totally honest here. I, I try to be, a glass half full guy i try to be optimistic right now and i'm being totally honest i feel nothing i feel nothing i feel like it's zero zero right now for the sharks i feel like the series is starting i feel two nothing means nothing for the sharks and i'm you know i feel kind of i almost feel kind of bad about it because i know i should be happier than i am about the sharks being in this position i mean they went in to the kings you know building and they beat them twice i mean that's that's good news. That should be good news.
0: And I feel almost nothing. My heart feels like a stone. <laughs> wow. You, you've been scorned. And, and and you have every right to feel that way, dude. I mean, you have every right to feel that way. And that's why I feel like tomorrow night is a critical win for the Sharks' handpiece. Maybe not for the players themselves. They might be able to move past it. But I think for the fans, they need to win tomorrow. They need to win tomorrow night. Because then... <laughs> I can hear my daughter running down the hallway, screaming, "Go sharks, dude! We may have another guest appearance." It sounds like here she is. Go sharks! Come on in here, honey. What do you want to tell the listeners? Go what? Go what? Yeah, there's there's Uncle Mike. What do you want to What do you want to say, Tammy? Go what? Go what?
1: She's got red light fever.
0: We'll say it nice and loud. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. <laughs> this is great, live, uh, it's great broadcasting. live podcasting here. Okay. You got to say it on the count of three. I think, I think she's Before the next one. We're in losing l- listeners by the minute. Okay. you ready? One, two, three. Go, there you, Yay. go. Yay, there you go. Yay! Great job, say honey. Goodbye. Say goodnight to everybody. Goodbye. Say all right. She loves the show so much. Yeah, she wants to talk about more coursey ratings and th- things like I that. I think
1: she's next in line to take over for Jamie Baker on the national broadcast. <laughs> oh.
0: She was funny yesterday, dude. We started uh for the listeners, my daughter's turning four. And uh she started soccer on yeah. Saturday, dude. Yeah. She wanted to wear her Sharks jersey while she was playing soccer. I thought that was that was pretty exciting so That's she's awesome. actually getting that point where she kind of is interested in in the games and like kind of checking out what's going on so i don't know dude as as, as a <laughs> as a fan and as a parent like i kind of love seeing her like get a little bit interested dude
1: there you go dude there you a go a little but... bit interested
0: so don't crush her spirit with your no no with your 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 hockey playoff Scrooge them
1: i i wait till she leaves the room and then i crush people's spirit <laughs> No, but do you said the Sharks need to win tomorrow night and
0: actually I think they
1: You know, I'm gonna disagree a little with you on that. I think it would be better if the Sharks lost game three and won game four than wow. the other way around. Obviously wow. a sweep would be the best possible outcome here, but I would sure. rather have the Sharks lose a game and then come back from it. Then win a game and then lose because then it looks exactly like it did two years ago. Sharks go up three nothing, lose game four, they have to go back to LA. If they lose two in a row, then everybody is gonna be extremely on edge about the whole thing. Yeah.
0: I I don't know. I'm trying I I'm trying not to get too excited. And I know how we felt the last time and we felt like you know, it seemed like the that we were just going to walk right over the Kings and this was the year and you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. So I'm going to check, I'm going to check myself, dude, but I do feel like tomorrow night is important. I'd rather see them. I'd rather see them go up three, nothing because, you know, I mean, whether they, if they lose game four, I mean, seriously, the odds of that happening again are just insanely unrealistic. And, um, you just can you imagine if we were on the on the on the side of two historic collapses by the same team dude in the same that's dude it. It just it's not that that's that's not gonna happen dude so um the the sharks should try to get the crowd on their side tomorrow night and of, of course they're gonna try they're gonna try and win that game and I hope that they do dude I will feel way better if they go at three nothing knowing that they got um you know, a chance to close it out and get rid of these turkeys <laughs> quick. Cause I, yeah. it looks like the ducks are in for the ducks are in for a fight, dude. Yeah. They're in for a fight. Um, because they've already lost that first game and the blues blackhawks series looks like that's going to be a battle to the death too.
1: Yep. So
0: somehow the sharks can just get rid of the Kings, dude. They might be in a position where they could be rested and some of these other series might go all the way to the wall. So uh, we'll see, dude. I want to ask you one thing. Are we seeing Chris Tierney's coming out party in these first two playoff games? Pete DeBoer seems to really trust Chris Tierney, dude.
1: It's weird. I was looking for some Corsi stats, um, which is tough because, like I said before, you know the Sharks get ahead and then the Kings sort of pour it on and it makes everybody look a lot worse. But one thing I noticed, and it's only anecdotally watching the games, is it looked like the fourth line got absolutely worked, especially in game one. Um, that, that fourth line of Tierney, Wingles, and Zubris is out, so it was uh, Carlson, Carlson, I think, on the fourth line. So Tierney, Wingles, and Carlson was just getting punked by the Kings' fourth line. And every time I saw that matchup, it looked like it was a 50-minute shift in the Sharks' end. And then they chip it out and manage to get a change. And I was very unsure about that particular matchup. And I know, you know, the story on the Kings is that they are so deep. Um, so that that made me quite uneasy. But you're right. I know I did, you know, notice that you know there's like a minute left in the game and Chris Tierney's on the ice. So maybe and he made plays, dude. Yeah. he
0: made a play in each game, if I remember right.
1: And so maybe like- he's individually getting some kudos from the coach. Maybe? I am not completely sold on that fourth line though, because the Clifford well, uh, Lewis thing is is sort of wreaking yeah. havoc right now.
0: Yeah, those guys are very good bottom six veteran players that are playing against some younger players. I mean, Wingle's at this point is a veteran, but you know Carlson and Tierney are young players, inexperienced. <clears throat> not surprising to see them, you know, get the better of that battle, but. Doesn't stop Coach DeBoer from putting Tierney out there in some very, very crucial moments of the game. So he's got the coach's trust apparently. Yeah. So just something to keep an eye on. We've we've been dying for our version of Dave Boland, you yeah. know, for or our, our Sammy Paulson for a long time. And if Tierney is developing into that kind of player, it's just going to be really, really interesting to watch. Um, how it continues to be used the rest of this series and hopefully during a deep playoff run, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's just, yeah, that's, that, that was one thing that made me, uh, scared after seeing a few of those shifts. I didn't, I didn't like that none too much, but we'll take it. I'm actually going to look, uh, for one particular stat here from last night's game, because I have another sort of reaction to the way things are going. And I wanted to verify it on, on, uh, the stat sheet, but, um, I guess Patrick Marleau did have an assist and he did have two shots on goal, but he only played, let's see, he only played 15 minutes. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's, you know, he, Patrick Marleau is pretty invisible, at least from what I saw. And, you know, that's just for me watching the game and sort of noticing things going around. But Patrick Marlowe has not been very involved as far as I can tell.
0: But dude, he is not being asked to play that role anymore. I mean, he's not being put in a featured role. Like, he is a third-line center on this team. Right. And so, you know, if he's playing 15 minutes and he's being defensively responsible and he's, you know, getting involved in the power play, but otherwise, you know, he's lost that spot. You know, Joel Ward is playing those minutes now. Uh, Don is playing those minutes now or, or is taking some of those minutes. Um, you know, I mean, Marlow is... A role player on this team, and you know he seems to be embracing it. And you know, he's not going to get those big minutes anymore. That that that's been taken by by Pavs and and Couture. Right. He's a role player now,
1: I see and if he can so. do that
0: effectively, as Brent Hedekin said on KNBR, that that has the makings of a championship depth. You know, if you've got a guy like Patrick Marlowe playing a third line center role. That makes you better. So, I don't go- mind that we don't notice him so much because it maybe means he's playing just really responsible defense.
1: Yeah, he did get absolutely killed in the faceoff dot four and eleven for only twenty six percent, only to be topped by Logan Couture, who only won two of eleven faceoffs for eighteen percent.
0: Yeah, the Sharks are getting are not doing well, um, especially those two players on faceoff. So. You, they need to fix that. You know, I mean, it, it's interesting. I, I read the Kings blog on, on SBN, on SB nation. And they, while they were lamenting the fact that they were down to nothing, they didn't seem too concerned. Like they said, actually, they felt, they, like, they felt like at the end of game two, that the Kings were actually kind of turning a corner a little bit. And Gabrick is back and they're concerned about Alec Martinez being out, but they weren't sky is falling it. Uh, and they were looking forward to game three, so um but we're just gonna have to wait, dude. We'll see. Tomorrow night. I'm very anxious to see how this is all gonna play out, dude. Yeah, given
1: You're given right how there. the Kings have been able to close out series when the years they won the cup, I, I don't see why they would be worried. You know, you can't right. you can't count the Kings out the way this team is. No, built. you
0: can't. I think this is a slightly different Kings team. Some of those guys that that were the driving force behind some of those playoff runs are not there anymore. So I I gotta say, like, in while Justin Williams is not Ovechkin, Justin Williams is not on this team anymore, and Justin Williams murdered us. Yeah, it's true. And he's not there anymore. So although Vinny um, Lecavalier
1: is kind of trying to do a, a Justin Williams well, impression whatever, at this point,
0: dude, oh come, whatever.
1: It's like sixty percent of his goals this year have come against the Sharks.
0: Good for him. <laughs> Whatever. Not afraid of him. I'll yeah. take that every single time. If oh, I'll, he's take, out there it. I'll take it. Justin I'll take it,
1: too. I'll take it, No problem.
0: You. <laughs> Do you want to look at some of these other playoff series, too, just really quick? I mean, Absolutely. the Ducks behind. They're playing game two tonight. Nashville going to Anaheim, winning that first game. I thought this might happen, dude. I know it's only game one, but I think the Ducks are – they could really struggle, especially if the, the Predators don't take penalties. They're not a very good, even strength team.
1: Yeah. Mm. It's interesting. And I guess the Wings won against Tampa. Tampa sort of surprised me by winning the first two games in that series because they talk about riddled with injuries. Their best player, you know, one of their top forwards is out. I think Anton Strollman's out. I mean, they're missing, it seems like they're missing like three of their top five players.
0: Yeah. I mean, Tyler Johnson wasn't supposed to play and he came out. Played extremely well. Um, Detroit, maybe they've fought their way back into the series. Mrazek played really well today. Uh, That could be a long series, too, if Detroit can find a way to win game four. Um, I would kind of tilt the the ice back towards Detroit at that point. But um, that series seems to be pretty exciting. The Islanders... Panthers series has been very exciting. They're, they're at a 3-3 three, three score right now in the third period. That's been some high-scoring, crazy hockey games going on yeah. uh, between those two teams. Very exciting. Dallas, Minnesota seems like a freaking snoozer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Although they that, had a really weird, uh, very controversial goal uh, last night that was kicked. I mean, it was just the weird—did you happen to see it? No. So the puck goes behind the net. It knocks off the end boards behind... Uh, I can't remember who is, who's playing uh, goalie for, for Minnesota right now. But Antron Roussel sticks his foot out and kicks the puck from behind the net. The puck goes straight up in the air. It lands directly on top of the nameplate for the goalie, Dubnik. It lands on the Dubnik, on the, on the U of Dubnik. And he leans back and pushes because he doesn't know where the puck is, and it pushes the net off its moorings. And then the net comes off the moorings, and the puck trickles down off his back into the net. And they call it a goal. It was really, really weird. Uh, they said the you know th- there was, they pull out some rule that says even when the net the net was not completely dislodged and it crossed the line somehow, and they it seemed like they completely missed the fact that it was deliberately kicked I mean there's no way you could argue argue otherwise it was deliberately kicked by Roussel it was just the weirdest freakiest goal that I've seen in years um but not to be outdone by the dumbest goal did you see the the goal that Steve Mason gave up uh no (laughs) so a guy literally cleared the puck in from the falling blue line it's just on the ice it's flat it's not bouncing Mason just lets it go in (laughs) yeah it's it's honestly I, I think I can literally say that is the worst goal worst NHL goal I've ever seen by far. It was worse I'll than Brad go Stob- back and watch that It too. was worse than Brad Stobbit scoring on Vesetoscola from 200 feet. At oh least that one God. at least that one was bouncing. This one was <laughs> on the ice. It was just right. sliding straight. It didn't turn, it didn't curve, it didn't jump, it didn't do anything. Like Mason just like kicked his leg out and went off his stick or skate or knee pad or something and went in. He's just like, oh, crazy. Oops, yeah. So,
0: are you getting nervous about your Blackhawks, uh, dude? Down two-one to the Blues.
1: I'm not super worried yet. I'm not super worried yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I the Blues are giving a little bit more than than I expected them to do, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it gets late in the series. I remember the Blackhawks like we're down three-one in at least one series the year that they most recently won the cup, and they came back. I think it was against Detroit. They won three games in a row and won so you know uh
0: rangers penguins tied in a pretty good series so far
1: yeah yeah i I know you were scared because lundquist was out he got like hit in the eye or something but he came back Yeah, he came back so came back and won malkin's back um he's probably gonna be rusty i'm hoping when malkin gets really healthy and starts getting his timing back that that's going to be a difference maker for the penguins if they can have both crosby and malkin firing on all cylinders they're a very dangerous team
0: Dude, the Barracuda made the playoffs today and you were there to see it.
1: I went to fan appreciation night for the Barracuda. It was fun. They had a good turnout. It was a good game and the Barracuda won 6 to nothing. So they needed to pick up a point. They had it was you know they, they were playing a home and home against Stockton, the Stockton Heat now, dude, not the Stockton Thunder. The Stockton right. Heat, which is the Flames affiliate. And they lost to Stockton last night in Stockton and they needed to come home and pick up a single point to make it into the playoffs. If they lost that game, they would have been out. And they came out and they played extremely well. I think they scored two goals in each period and they won six to nothing. It was a it was a really good outing.
0: Most uh, impressive player that you saw was?
1: Barkley Goodrow, no doubt. Yeah. He's he's the best player. He's the best player on the Barracuda. It's not particularly close. Um, you know, there's some, you know, other you see other flashes. There's some good flashes from Gol- Goldobin. I think he needs to mature a little bit as a player. He seems to make some really sort of weird decisions at bad places on the ice, which is, I think, what we saw when he played for the Sharks. If, he's a very, very creative player and extremely uh, – he took he basically like stick-handled through like two or three guys at one point and managed to – and almost scored on a breakaway, just basically went through the whole defense and got tripped on the way there and, and got a, a penalty call for it. Um, but he'll try to make these sort of crazy razzle-dazzle plays like at the offensive blue line, which if it re- results in a in a in a turnover is bad news, right? It's really bad right. news. So he's got, if he can take that out of his game, I think he can turn into a very effective NHL player. So,
0: so the the Barracuda get to start their playoff series against the Ontario Reign. Ironically, the Kings' yep. uh, AHL team at home. In what is just the goofiest playoff format ever, that the Barracuda get the first two games, and they go down to Ontario and play the last three. So, if the Barracuda take care of business, they could be going down there up two nothing. Like it's so weird. Right. So it's a best
1: of five series, then. I think so. That's weird. <laughs>
0: it's Very yeah, really strange. Look it up while while we're talking, but I'm pretty sure that's that's what it is. Um, yeah. It, the, MLS does something uh, similar, where here we go uh, playoffs. Yeah, best of five, dude. Uh, and the and the Barracuda get the first two games. It's so weird. Yeah, um, you, you want, MLS, you, want
1: you want something even weirder, dude? Everybody yeah. in the Pacific Division played fewer games than everybody else in the AHL.
0: Yeah how's that so they must go on percentage yeah
1: they play. go on win percentage the barracuda only oh, played 68 games and everybody else played 76 like what the hell yeah it
0: must be a geographical travel thing
1: it's so weird it doesn't really make sense but it's uh it's interesting so yeah i don't know why they're playing the first two games at home but uh the ontario rain were the best team uh in the division
0: well, i think they won the whole thing last year so yeah yeah Anyways, uh, well, we'll see what happens, dude. Maybe we'll have a San Jose sweep. That'd be pretty sweet, and that would be good times, dude. Well, game three tomorrow, game four on Wednesday, dude. We'll be back after game four with our take and insights. Hopefully, it's, it'll just be over, dude. It'll game five be will be over.
1: Game five, if if necessary, will be will be Thursday. I mean uh, Friday, dude. So we may not. If there is a game five, we may not be able to broadcast till after game five. But yeah, um, yeah dude what okay, okay. <laughs> I don't
0: do that. I'm saying we could
1: we, we could we could go stole. after game four we could go after game we're four we're trying. let's try okay let's try dude we're trying. Uh, I'm I can't say I'm optimistic yet dude but I'm pleased with how the Sharks have played how could I not be
0: but couldn't ask for a better start dude and let's just hope that they can continue it and reverse the trend at home dude Let's uh, hope we're talking on Thursday and it's just straight up over.
1: Straight up over, dude. Go
0: Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.